1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Okay, well, let's start with this week. Uh, the sales numbers for September were released. How about we begin with a breakdown of the stats? Let's do that. So for the fourth consecutive month, we've seen a sales increase, Tina. And it's been 1.9% over last year's sales. So we had 6,455 properties sold in September as compared to 6,334. So we're starting to see sales activity come back. You know, and, and since June, we've seen confidence come back into the market and people getting serious and getting out there and, and buying and selling. So it's absolutely amazing to see how the market's bounced back in the last four months compared to what happened in the first five months. And if I were to ask you, how would you describe the results? Would you say small sales gain or definitely strong growth? It's a mixture, actually. It's a small sales gain in terms of units. However, when you look at average price, average price continues to climb. So you know, we're sitting right now at 796786 So just under $800,000 is the average price across Toronto. So that's the 905 and the 416 combined. Compare that to last August, where the average price was 730969 So all these reports that you heard that the price is going to come down and the price is going to fall, if you look at what happened August to, to August or September uh you know, looking at September to this August even. So this August, the average price is 765190 So not only has the average price climbed year over year, it's also climbed from month to month. So you, so no matter which way you look at it, the price continues to climb. And, and as inventory comes down, uh, listings were down 3.1% last month. So as listings start to come down, we're starting to see multiple offers come back. We're starting to see... Uh, you know, more offers and more showings on each property because although it only came down 3.1% and we're up a lot in terms of listings, it's still on the way down and you're going to get to that point where everything's going to be multiple offer again. So this is a great opportunity for buyers to capitalize on because with the inventory that we have and the way that price is climbing, this is probably a a time where you want to say, you know, the market's on sale. And if you're seeing the price climbing, does that mean that the number of condos sold has gone down? Condos are still going up, but you're also seeing more detached homes go up. So as people are selling their condos and moving into townhouses and those people are moving into semis or those people are moving to detach, the the market right now is very active across the board. And traditionally, what does, and I know... You know, I think that what I've learned over the last uh, while working with you is that nothing is traditional anymore in terms of real estate. So what do you anticipate in terms of October and November? You're you're right. I mean, we're looking at traditional, uh, you you know, what's happened traditionally over the years. and, And you have to pretty much throw that out the window because traditionally sales are strong at the beginning of the year and they start to quiet down we started to see the spring market start in June. 
which was later than we usually get. Like people are usually moving in by June. Right. Now we're into the fall and this is the most active the market has been. So looking at last October, we sold just over 7,000 homes. If you look at what's happened in September and August and July and June, we've had increases. So you're going to see October activity continue and, and probably, most probably, beat out October of last year. And then the same thing with November and, and December. You're going to see activity continue through. I mean, December is very quiet. We only had about 4,000 homes sold, 4,300 homes sold last year. So look for this December to surpass that as well. So we're in for a strong finish to the year. We won't get to the numbers that we had last year just because of the first five months, but it's going to be a, a very strong showing for the last seven months of the year. And it looks like we have a new NAFTA agreement or USMCA. Do you think that that's going to have an impact on uh, the consumers and the real estate market? I think it will. If you look at the, you know, how our dollar has gained over the week just after that deal was announced, you sh it all has to do with consumer confidence. So not only, uh, I mean, NAFTA doesn't really affect the housing market, uh, you know, uh, on its own, but what it does is it gives people confidence to invest in Canada, and there's also going to be a lot more coming. So with the deal in place, consumer confidence will just start to increase again and continue to fuel the housing market. I know that our listeners are always interested in what's happening specifically in your office. Can you share what's been going on uh, inside Remax Prime Properties? Inside Remax Prime Properties, we've got listings continue to come through. We've got buyers continuing to buy. It's very active. It's reminiscent of a spring market. And the activity within the office, the, the hustle, just it, it really does feel more like a spring market than it does a fall market. So that's really good to see because we went through a few quiet months, like, you know, uh, all other offices did. But what, once June hit, it was, you know, all systems go and, and that's continued throughout. And we've seen it over the first few days of October as well. And that seems that it's going to continue throughout uh, until Christmas time. When you, refer, when you refer to that activity inside your office, um, are we talking about condos? Are we talking about detached homes that you spec, uh, spoke about earlier? Is it about um, detached or new properties? What are you seeing? The activity that we're seeing is it's phenomenal because it's not only residential homes. So you've got the, the full spectrum from condos up to the luxury homes, but also a lot of investors looking to invest within York region, especially in Markham with uh, York University coming there. There's a lot of attention on downtown Markham right now. The Vaughn subway has people excited about Vaughn. You're going to start to see a, a lot of condos being sold in those areas just for those two reasons. But the luxury market is starting to take off now as well. We're getting a lot of inquiries, a lot of people looking to put up larger homes. Uh, Heather's got a, a great uh, home coming up uh, in the hot listing of the week. And we've, we're also starting to see a lot of activity in the business sector as well. So there's businesses that are coming up for sale, people buying businesses, recreational properties. So it's all across the board. So it's it's a really fun time to be at the office. Just before we take our first break, in terms of the condo market, have you noticed any kind of reaction to, you know, the the latest big stories about developers pulling back and, and canceling deals? Have you heard anything from your clients about what's been going on? 
there are so many projects on the go right now, and there's a lot of reputable builders that uh, have you know three to fifteen projects on the go at at this time. So there's a lot of different places that people can invest. Sure, the the Icona condo was a bit of a a kick to investors, but it's not going to stop them. And and they're still even the investors that were there are looking to put their money somewhere else because in the end, investors want to make money, and their money's not going to do any good just stuck somewhere. All right, we've got a busy show ahead. When we come back, how does the BC real estate market compare to us here in Ontario? And still ahead on the show, this week's hot listing. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is Elton Ash. Elton is the Regional Executive Vice President for Remax of Western Canada. Elton, welcome to our show. Great to be with you, Austin. Elton, we've just been looking at the September numbers in Toronto, and, and we've noticed that for the fourth consecutive month, not only our unit sales are up, but also the average price continues to climb. And Now, these by no means are these huge increases, but it seems to be, you know, we seem to be following in the path of BC. It took you guys about a year after the foreign fire tax was introduced to bounce back. And we've seen that since uh, since June, we've been starting to increase as well. So it's right on line with what you guys faced. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about where BC is right now and what we can expect. Well, yeah, we uh, certainly experienced the government with uh, introducing the foreign buyer tax of 15% for the Vancouver marketplace um, that naturally put a stop to the market at the time it was announced and, however as as time went on at about the four to five month mark after it was introduced in August uh, a year ago it uh, the market came back and uh, the the foreign buyer contingent which was basically mainland Chinese buyers simply chalked it up as a cost to do business because the the motivation to move money out of China is so great that, um, and they still see Vancouver as a very affordable market relative to the rest of the world. If you look at Hong Kong, Shanghai, and Sydney, San Francisco markets where they're investing money, uh, they see Vancouver as a as an affordable market despite the foreign buyer tax. Now we had a provincial election, and that tax was since increased to 20 percent and also spread to other markets outside of Vancouver. So it now includes the entire lower mainland, basically, the city of Victoria and Kelowna, British Columbia as well. So it, um, again, it's, you know, buyers have become accustomed to it, as you're experiencing now in Toronto. And uh, as I say, they, they chalk it up as a cost to do business and bring their money into the country. And we, I mean, for Toronto, the, the foreign buyers make up less than 4% or so of our marketplace. What percentage do foreign buyers make up of the BC marketplace? So, I mean, you're, you're looking at Kelowna, Victoria. These are 
pretty hot tourist uh, attractions in, in places that even I would want to own uh, property. But is, is that where they're going? Are they coming, uh, or is it just Vancouver now, or is it more towards the islands? Where are they going? Well, that's uh, you know that's a great question because up until the last year, there was no direct way to track this specific origination of foreign buyers and and where they were coming from. This the government estimated at the time that about somewhere between eight to twelve percent of the market is directly affected by foreign buyers. The real estate industry, our own transaction data showed us that it was considerably less of that, less than that, perhaps half. So the four to six percent range, which is similar to what you're experiencing there. When you get outside of Vancouver, uh, Victoria is probably half of that again, two to three percent, and then we get to Kelowna where it's almost negligible. Um, and, and so again, it was sort of. It, it was a it was a political move on the part of the government at the time. It continues to be that way. They're looking at home affordability, and of course, the the political advantageous thing is to be shown as addressing home affordability. In a sense, was well, if we can somehow control demand out of China specifically, then we can stop the price appreciation and be seen to do something proactively to address the home affordability issue. Well, the reality is it doesn't do anything in the, of that nature, but it plays well to the voters, and so they continue to follow that, that philosophy. And Elton, you've referred to the average price of a home. What is the average price of the home um, there in BC? That um, so, just so we can compare to what's going on here in Toronto and the Greater Toronto area. Well, if you look at Vancouver specifically, the average price is around 1.4 million dollars. Um, as we move out of that core uh, into Victoria, where the average price is in the 700,000 range, and then we get to Kelowna, where We've seen some price declines recently. The average price today is around six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's awesome. I mean, we're we're very much in line with almost like Victoria, where you know, for our September numbers, it was about seven hundred ninety-six thousand. So, uh, you know, I mean, affordability is there, and and people can find it. But to to add these taxes for four percent or six percent of the population and think that it's going to fix the other. 94 to 96 seems a, a little unreasonable uh, on this side as well. But well, it just doesn't work. You can't control demand. I mean, Vancouver is one of the most popular cities in the world. You, you fly into Vancouver on a beautiful sunny day, and you got the mountains on the north side, the, you know, Georgia Strait on the west side, and, you know, mountain valleys. I mean, it really draws people. And, and really, it's a supply-side issue, not a demand. And so... Until the three levels of government get more in line with supply-side bureaucracy, um, affordability is going to be an issue in the Vancouver market, no matter what they do. Yes, and, and now there's, I mean, the rest of the country is watching what's happening in B.C. with this new tax, the speculation tax. So tell us a little bit about what that is and, and what's happening with this class action suit that uh, I believe it's people in Alberta that originated it. And maybe you can shed some light on that for our listeners. Well, um, the so-called speculation tax and, and calling it a speculation tax is an entirely incorrect. But again, it, it's politics and, and government positioning itself. 
it is really a vacancy tax. It's a tax that will be levied on second home owners uh, no matter where they live. So for British Columbia residents, uh, it's 1% of assessed value and they're going to provide tax credits so that the idea is that's going to be a, a net zero effect to British Columbia residents who own second homes in Vancouver, Victoria, Nanaimo, Kelowna, West Kelowna, because it's, it's market specific as well. Uh, for residents outside of British Columbia, whether that's in Canada or anywhere in the world, it's proposed to be 2% of assessed value. And the average cost to a homeowner second homeowner uh, would be in the $15,000 per year range to pay this so-called speculation tax, uh, which is, you know, uh, really, uh, um, I guess, anti-Canadian in some sense, simply because so many Canadians, whether it's Alberta or Ontario, and Ontario and Ontario, and Alberta are, are specific markets where people look at their retirement years and decide, you know, where do they want to live? And, and Kelowna, as an example, or Victoria, are very popular destinations. And so people buy property years in advance of their retirement, planning ahead to the time as a hedge against inflation within the real estate market. And so they're being penalized now for, for being sound financial planners, uh, for thinking ahead. And, and we estimate roughly 30% of second home owners are, is this type of, of homeowner who is planning ahead and has owned these homes for many years. The other th another 30% of the market are, are second or third generation owners. The property has been in their family for many years, if not decades. And again, being penalized for owning these properties. So there's a huge movement against it, this class action lawsuit that you referenced, uh, for example, where a number of owners and a law firm out of Vancouver representing them is, is taking uh, the government to court over this as being discriminatory uh, against Canadians. Um, the municipal governments, specifically Kelowna, West Kelowna, Nanaimo, are fighting this tooth and nail. At this point, it is a proposed tax. It's to go to the legislature for approval this fall when it resumes sitting. Um, so we don't know where it's going as yet. I spoke with a politician two days ago about the tax, and here in Kelowna, they're optimistic that the government will have second thoughts about this and uh, it will either not come to the floor or get voted down. But uh, again, we just don't know where this is all going. And, and let's hope they do have second thoughts because that will drive a lot of business to not only other parts of the country, but maybe other parts of the world. Like, you know, for you guys, maybe Arizona or, or even if it comes into Ontario, it would drive a lot of people to Florida because people would not want to pay that extra tax. And, and if they could get more bang for their dollar somewhere else, that's where the business is going to go. So hopefully it doesn't come to fruition. Well, that's exactly it, Asif. And uh, we're certainly, we've done a lot of lobbying as an organization and the industry as well, uh, along with uh, the, the cities and businesses. And, and uh, we certainly are hopeful there'll be some sober second thought on this.
And Elton, you've certainly given the perspective of consumers and Canadians who, you know, as you said, have worked hard all their lives and are thinking about an investment property. But what what would be the rationale or the reasoning behind the government going forward with something like this? What do they well, see as their goal here? Yeah, it, it's politics. Um, again, affordability is the big the big uh, debate out there right now, and and government has to be seen as doing something to approach it. It's a minority government here in the province of British Columbia right now that's propped up by three Green Party seats. Um, And and so this is all around politics and and trying to look to to the average British Columbia voter that they are doing something about home affordability. Uh, the message is slowly getting out there through a lot of education and uh, uh, programs like this where where people are, are really explaining what this is truly about and that it really does nothing for home affordability, that it's uh, discriminatory and, uh, and really doesn't do anything for the province of British Columbia. I mean, the, the government today is looking for cash. They've introduced a lot of social programs that were part of their election platform, and so they have to find cash to pay for it. And, and that's why it's not a true speculation tax where you would tax people as they exit the market. This is a vacancy tax on current home ownership. And, and if we were to draw a parallel, I mean, if you look at the true economics of uh, affordability of home ownership, it's it's supply versus demand. And and if you look at what's happening with the supply and demand and how much demand is outweighing supply. The reasons for all of these taxes, it almost seems that they want to throttle demand rather than increase supply and give the perception that, uh, you know, they're, they're helping the market out. But until they increase supply, if they were to put in an extra 10,000 homes across BC or across Ontario, that would do more for affordability than just taxing. Well, exactly. It seems like the BC Minister of Finance failed her Econ 101 in university. <laughs> True. Elton, thank you so much for joining us uh, and for the great information and uh, helping us draw parallels to the two markets. You're most welcome. Thanks very much, Elton. Bye for now. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. Our first one comes from Mary in Richmond Hill. She says she knows that houses don't sell themselves. So what kind of ideas should the agent she's working with be able to execute? Great question. And, you know, in, in a market like this, you're 100% right. The house will not sell itself. In the market that we saw in 2016 and, and early 2017, uh, pretty much houses were selling themselves. But right now, you need your house exposed to as many people as possible. So you have to kind of determine what the agents that you're looking for are, are, are how they're going to be exposing your house to as many people in as short a time as possible. 
as they build up interest in your property, that's going to in turn get you a, a number of offers or at least one offer that you're going to be able to accept. But uh, you know, the the key in this is make sure the home is ready for showing because condition of the house plays a huge role in it. Make sure it's priced properly for today's market. That's going to be the second determining factor. And third, make sure people can get in and out of the house. So you need that exposure. You need web exposure. Over 90% of shoppers start on the web now. So if your house does not have a good web presence, then that's going to be uh, that's going to be detrimental to the sale of your property. So I would say web presence, condition of the house, house make sure that it has set up properly, you know, maybe staged, painted, and and then thirdly, make sure it's priced properly. And what about a couple of uh, tips or advice from Mary in Richmond Hill about how to stage that home so that it does show well on the web and in person? The main thing when you're staging a home is decluttering. And, <laughs> you know, quite often we look at a home and we say, wow, this is great because we look at it as someone that's living there. You have to pull yourself out and say, if I was to visit this home as a buyer, would this be attractive enough for me? And and you almost have to pull all of your personal touches out, pictures, and, and make sure it's it's like a show home. It's inviting. It's easy to walk through. You've got a lot of space for people to, to get in and out. And that's going to be something that will excite people enough to get, go through your house and not just leave after 30 seconds. And that's not as easy as it sounds. I think taking your personality out of your home and getting it ready to sell is a tough thing to do, isn't it? It really is. And especially when you've been in the home for so long mm-hmm. and there's certain things that you've added that that add to the character of the home for yourself. But when someone else is coming in, you want them to imagine themselves in the home. And that's why you have to do that. Okay. Our next question comes from Derek and Georgina. He wants to know if he has bad credit, can he still buy a home? And what challenges should he expect that may be different from the average buyer? This is a tough one. It is, Eric. And and bad credit is very subjective. I mean, uh, bad credit to or to yourself or to a bank or to a mortgage broker could be three different things. So what you have to determine is one, you, you should pull your credit report and, and see what's on it and then go to a mortgage broker to ask them how you can fix it or how you can raise your credit score in order to qualify. There are products available for everybody. There's private lenders, there's B lenders that even if your credit is not as good as something an A lender would want, you can still qualify for a mortgage. Now, you're probably going to pay a higher rate. You may only get a one-year or two-year term, but there is a product for everybody. So you should uh, call a mortgage broker and find out what you need to do in order to to get a better rate or to qualify for a, a larger amount. And I think that's what we've learned from one of the friends to our show here, Lucy Galliardi, is that there are options beyond that traditional lender. Correct. And you have to, one, keep an open mind that, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't qualify with one of the big five banks. So, you know, you're still going to get a half decent product. You're still going to get a half decent rate. You may not qualify for as much as you want, but get your foot in the door, Eric, and and try to get into something that you can afford. Don't try to overdo it. Like pick something that you can fit into now. Get your Get your foot in the door of home ownership, and from that, you can grow. Asif, let's give our listeners just a reminder if um, they want to connect with you directly. How do they do that? They can call me at 416-985-5426, and I'd be happy to chat.
Terrific. Okay, time now for our hot listing of the week. Joining us in studio is Heather Cooper from Remax Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Hi, Dina. Good this morning. week I'm showcasing a stunning custom-built character home right in the heart of Stouffville. This house is just absolutely amazing. It's got four bedrooms, four bathrooms, has been extensively renovated, including a beautifully finished basement with an extra bedroom and a wine cellar. This place has custom cabinetry, barn doors, plank flooring. It is just stunning. Um, it sits on a huge 100 by 100 foot lot and has a gorgeous yard with multiple sitting areas. Wow, that lot sounds massive. It is. It is. It's so beautiful. And such, you know, I, maybe they, you know, there's limited enjoyment as we head into the colder winter season, but certainly a lot of options when it's warm and sunny outside. Yeah, it's beautifully landscaped. And again, there's multiple areas to kind of go out. You've got the deck and then there's a little walkway. It's just great for entertaining. And Asif, what about uh, this area of Stouffville? What do you think? It's it's a great area. It's it's nice and quiet. There's, it's family friendly. And and the other thing is, with a lot that size, we haven't had a lot of snow over the last few years here. So <laughs> it's pretty much people are still enjoying their yards uh, in true. and around the region. And uh, you know the barbecues are still going in November and December. It's great to see. So you know it's, it's uh, a great area. It's very well priced, and it's a large home. Absolutely. Heather, give us uh, one more time the highlights of this home, uh, the listing price, and where folks can get more information. Okay, this home has five bedrooms, four bathrooms. It's located at 88 Russell Avenue. That's in Stouffville. And the listing price on this one is $1,275,000. For more information or to uh, schedule a showing, they can contact the home team at 905-554-5522. Terrific. Thanks, Heather. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tina. Asif, we'll talk again next week. Let's do that. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.